to know that peace is a real possibility in your life. Amen. I want you to know that it's a possibility. And perhaps you have, in your life, gotten to this place where you thought, well, you know, it's ridiculous. It just can't happen. Perhaps life has been so chaotic. I want to take you to a place today in, in the scriptures that you've read over and over. But I want to look at it in perhaps a different manner. And uh, this is that second moment with the shepherds in the Bethlehem shepherd fields. In Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, the Bible says, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Read this with me. Praising God and saying, say it, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So, we're going to spend some time studying this, taking a close look at it. But I know, because I, I embrace some of you this morning. Um, anybody ever felt a little grinchy? Anybody ever felt a little grinchy? Anybody? Yeah, I thought maybe. this crunchy. Well, I wasn't always green, see? Well, no, that's kind of a lie. I was always green. <laughs> well, I wasn't always this hairy. Nope, that's a lie, too. Always kind of hairy. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I, I've always liked the smell of onions in the morning. You want a picture? <laughs> All right. Put that on the Instagram. <laughs> Anyway, I always like the smell of onions in the morning, and I'll probably never get too old to play in the garbage dump. But I wasn't always this mean, and I wasn't always filled with hate. Oh, you want to know how I got this way? No? I'm going to tell you anyway. Well, actually, I'm going to show you. So pay attention. Has anyone passed out Christmas presents out? I haven't passed out mine yet. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that hideous gift. I hate that guy. He's always got something smart to say. You not laugh, I'm trying to tell a story. Anyway, I work day and night, night and day on that gift for Martha May. I found every every piece of junk in my parents' house, from the china cabinet and the jewelry box. Martha May is, I mean, was the love of my life. Oh, in the bag, that little Augustus told me I should shave my face, and I did. Just looked like I did it with a weed whacker. Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. No! But this is a safe place, right, children? Yeah. 
matchup. Did you use a weed whacker? You look like you got in a fight with a blender and the blender won. You look like you took the nosedive off the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. I hate this gift and I hate this tree! Wow, look at those muscles. Well, I've obviously spent way too much time here. I've got a full busy schedule today. About four o'clock, four o'clock I've got a spin class. Five o'clock, I've got to have dinner with myself. Can't cancel that again. Let's see, six o'clock, I've got to wallow in some self-loathing. Seven, I've got to lay in bed and just focus on my impending madness. Now, I could push the spin class by an hour, and I could stay for church. But what would I wear? I'd like to apologize for those costumes. <laughs> Anybody ever felt Grinchy before? How many of you ever felt Grinchy? This morning. In the last, no, anybody? They're not waving at me right now. I taught you this last week. Isn't it very difficult sometimes to kind of hide what you're really feeling? Is it kind of difficult to deal with your life? Uh, I, uh, I felt that way. I have never in my life that I can remember throwing a Christmas tree. Uh, I think that the reason that the Dr. Seuss story resonates is because we've all been there. We've been scroogey. Uh, we've looked at the traffic and the craziness and the season in general and uh, said, bah humbug, right? We didn't even have to wait for Christmas. Some of, some of you were grinchy all year long. In fact, once you look at somebody and tell them, go ahead and tell them, you've always, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> just, just some backup. I don't know if you've if you knew this, but the guy who we know as Dr. Seuss uh, was a student at Dartmouth College, and he was born Seuss as his middle name, Theodore Seuss Geisel. He was a student, and he became editor-in-chief of a magazine called the Jacqueline, a humor magazine. But during the days of Prohibition, he was caught drinking at a university, and so the college administration uh, banned him from contributing anymore to the news, uh, to the news magazine. You wouldn't hear that going on today, would you? Anyway, uh, so to evade detection, he started writing under a new name, Dr. Seuss. And he actually drew the characters, the Grinch, anybody remember the other one, Cat and Hat? I don't know if you noticed, but they look a lot alike. And his daughter, uh, his stepdaughter used to say, uh, the Cat in the Hat looks like Dad happy, and the Grinch looks like Dad mad. Uh, so here's the reality. You're going to have some Grinch days and some Cat in the Hat days. But sometimes we get stranded in one or the other. So if, you're, if you are known as the Grinch, 
If you've lost your joy and you've lost your love, if you just don't like people, in fact, if you use that term, some of you, just check your Facebook accounts, you write it up there, I just don't like people, you know, I can't, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start blocking all of these folks and stuff like that. Sounds like you might also use onions for deodorant. <laughs> I've got some answers for you today. Somebody shout peace. peace. I'm a fan of peace. Uh, I, I like it. Now, I, I want you to know that I do like conflict a bit as well. Uh, how many enjoy a football game on occasion? Anybody enjoy that? So you watch these guys just hit each other. And somebody will get hit really hard. And you'll go, yes! Come on. And then the official will throw a flag and throw the guy out of it. That's only this season, I think. Anyway, uh, but what's interesting, and I, I was watching this the other day when a team that I was wanting to win did not win. In fact, they didn't do very well at all. And, and at the end of the game, after they had fought and people were hurting, uh, the, the, the whistle blows, the game is all over, and they start hugging each other. And I'm thinking, I thought they were in a battle. I thought they didn't like each other. Stop hugging each other. And then part of me said, now I think that's really good that you can fight. And then, how many believe that's good? We can fight and then give each other a hug. I know it just seems like everything was kind of off balance for me. So uh, you can, I, I, I want you to, to see that because in life, sometimes it seems like the whole world is at war. And the, the Grinch was that kind of a creature. He was consumed in anger and in animosity, but he was also the master of disguise. You can only cover up your Grinchiness for so long. That's why some of us, our life is privately erect, but publicly, you just look like another uh, citizen of Whoville. And you blame it on all those people. You blame it on somebody who teased you as a child. Anybody ever been hurt as a child? Anybody ever had that? And you know that that happens, and you can have heart wounds, and you can get hard-hearted, and so you move away to your Grinch house, and you eat onions for the rest of your life, and people say, well, why are you that way? And you never explain it. You never go into it. It was really kind of cool that the Grinch came and talked about what happened in his childhood. Maybe we can take a lesson from that today. I want to I talk about the great message of peace. Because I believe that peace is a possibility, and I want you to understand. In fact, sometimes we are so withdrawn. Why don't you help me with this? Look at somebody and yell peace in their face just to wake them up. Would you do that? All right? And I, and I, and I, I want to get in your face with this scripture. Let's give this glory to God in the highest thing. Would you do that with me? Come on, shout. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. So this is the message of the shepherds. The first one was of joy and peace. Uh, the first one was of joy and the second one was of peace. And uh, in fact, in our candles and in, in our Advent season, we've been lighting candles, we've, we've lit candles of love, and we've lit the candle of hope, and we've lit the candle of joy, and now we're lighting the candle of peace. And we've determined this out of Galatians chapter 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is 
love and joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the fruit of the Spirit begins with love and joy and peace and continues in these other areas. It is the fruit or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what salvation does. He brings the Spirit of God into your life. Let me show you some of this in the Christmas story. If you look in the, the biblical context, you know in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, Joseph goes to Bethlehem because he belonged to the house of David. He went there to register with Mary. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger. There was no room in the end. So a lot of conflict was going on, but they found peace in a manger. And then in Luke 2, as we shared last week, we see the angels are in a field nearby, excuse me, the shepherds are in a field nearby, and, and, and one angel appears to them. The Bible says, an angel appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And this is what the angel said, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Uh, and today in the town of David is born to you, Savior is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So, but then we see something that we have literally no context for. When we have some, if we'll take a look at it, we see it a few times in Scripture. We're going to see this massive group of angels glorifying God and singing. Do you hear that? The light glorifying God and singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth. So I was trying to find context for that scripture, and I, I find the heavenly host show up a few places. One is in 2 Kings chapter 6. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, Elisha prayed for a servant because the servant was fearful. And he prayed that his eyes would be opened and that he would see. And the Lord opened the eyes of his servant. And the scripture says that he saw and behold, the mountains full of horses and challenged Elisha. So in scripture, over and over again, we see these moments. And, 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 and this is just a heavenly host. Heavenly host. So I want you to get shot Heavenly host. And we see it also in Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel had been praying because Daniel had a dream. And while he's praying, one angel shows up, touches him on the shoulder, and says, Look, I've been sent to you, uh, but, and, and then uh, the angel says, Do not fear, Daniel. Wait, that sounds a whole lot like. Luke chapter 2, doesn't it? Do not fear, Daniel. And, and he says, From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have, I have come because of your words. <clears throat> but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help. Uh, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. So has anybody ever read the book of Daniel? So a lot of Daniel talks about warfare. There seems to be a couple of things going on. There is a, one is there is a supernatural message of peace given to the outcasts of that time, the shepherds. And secondly, there is an angelic declaration of war going on. So believe me, if the enemy could have stopped Jesus from being born, he would have done it. Amen. And so 
when the angels show up, they shout, glory to God in the highest and all peace to men on, uh, on whom his favor rests. So if you look at the scripture, uh, what does it look like? I think it's, I think it's uh, miscontextualized regularly. I think we believe this looks like girls in prom dresses singing. That's what we, you know, that's what we watch, right? How many know girls are beautiful? How many know that, right? And they look really lovely, right? But, I mean, have you ever seen any pictures? Have you ever seen the heavenly host anything but very soft and glory to God in the highest? And, and they sing so well, right? I just don't think that's what happened. Do you have any veterans in the room today? Do you any veterans? Really? You got some veterans? Would you mind coming up on the platform real quick? Come on, come on. Actually, let's, let's hear from vets today. I think that's half of the platform. All right. Now, come right over here, if you would. Just stand right over here in this section. And stand together. All right? All right? Have you ever noticed that, you know, uh, veterans are pretty tough. Come on, give us your tough face, if you would. Okay? All right, come, come together. Come together. Man, that's half of the congregation of freedom, isn't it? All right. Come, come close. Okay? Come close. How many of you went through boot camp? Did, you went through boot camp? All right. Did you have anybody yell at you while you were at boot camp? Okay, can anybody give me an example of what that sounded like? Uh, not here. No? Not here? Not here. Why not? Get the feet on the ground, Okay. Okay, we got. What was, what was that? So, so it was pretty intense. Okay. Now, uh, how many of you had to yell as well? Did you also have to yell? Okay. Did you, what, what did you yell? Sound off. Yes, sir. Sound off. Can we get yes, sir, or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Right. What is that? What is that? What is Marine Joe? Okay, uh, what about the Navy guys? What do you yell? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> it's getting really tense in here. What about Army? You know, Army, what's Army yell? I'm sorry, excuse me. What? Okay, just break your favorite sound, okay? Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever, right? One, two, three. So, I want to suggest that the beginning of the angelic declaration was one, two, three. <laughs> because what's going on in the heavens, you may not realize it, is there's battle going on in the heavens. Yes, there's battle. And God has soldiers. Right? I mean, we see flaming swords. We see flaming chariots in Scripture. Uh, we see this over and over constantly. But suddenly, on the birthday of Jesus, all we're doing is working in the ministry. Which can be pretty violent, I might add. Okay? So, how many of you can sing? See, I don't care. I really don't care. All right, now, I'm giving you some words up here. Are you guys ready to sound off? Yeah. Okay? You ready? Yeah. Ready to sound off? The words are right there, all right? In case you don't know. One, two, three. Glory! Sound it off. Ready? One, two, three. No! 
listen, let me ask you. If there was suddenly a battle that we had to fight, who would you want fighting for you? How about these folks standing behind me? You know why? Because they're trained and they know what they're doing. What I'm suggesting to you today is that his peace actually comes with a battle. And there's nobody in this room probably who appreciates peace more than the folks standing on the platform with me right now. Because, yeah. I, look, I give you all a gift. But let's just give them the, a two-word gift. You ready? One, two. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hear it for the veterans today. Wow. This is so powerful. It's going to take a minute. This message of peace is a powerful message. And it is a necessary message... We had a little fun here, but uh, I want to tell you this. Hell hates the message of peace. Because peace is something we have to embrace. But we must know that Satan is doing everything that he can to stop peace in your home, to stop peace in your life, to stop peace in our country. I think the Prince of Peace prophecy explains it best in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 because the Bible says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Look at this. The government will be upon his shoulders. And, in his, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Shout Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. So you can see heaven singing on a whole different level. Am I right? If you look in scripture as well, you see another heavenly host because we see this powerful heavenly host showing up here. But then we see it again at the second coming of the Lord Jesus in Revelation chapter 9. And John writes, he says, I saw heaven open, behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and his enters and, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one could, could read except him, no one knew except him. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And out of his mouth was a sharp sword, and with it he strikes the nations. And he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, shouted, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So what's beautiful about this heavenly host is it includes us. So one day, anybody like that? One day we're all going to come back together riding on horses, following, not going to a manger, but following the Lord Jesus Christ for ultimate conquering. Praise God. So Jesus came to bring us peace. And peace is a possibility for you. The question is, what is the peace of Christ? It's really a remarkable thing. How many have ever followed a presidential election? Anybody ever done that before? I was thinking to all the things that people say in presidential America, or presidential elections in America, and they say these things without blushing, and they promise, if I'm elected, I will fix the mess in the Middle East. 
If I'm elected, I will make America great again. Come on. Vote for me. It's almost like they're saying this. Vote for me. I am wonderful. I am counselor. I am mighty God. Vote for me. And you'll get more money than you ever had. Come on. And can I tell you that in my life, and after the, the, the funeral of George H.W. Bush, uh, which I, I remember uh, during those days, those were the early days of when I started voting. You know, Ronald Reagan and, and George H.W. during those particular days. I remember those days quite well. And, and I'm thinking, uh, I remember their statements and I remember their promises. And yes, we've had a lot of good presidents. I'm not busting on them for saying something because we require them to say something. And if they say it, we're going to hold them to it. And if they don't do it, we're going to say, hey, you said you were going to do this. Come on, look at me. They know they can't do everything they promise. But they know you want to hear something because you will feel better about it. If I'm elected, I'll fix your life. If I'm elected, I'll make your life better. I'll make sure you get along with your spouse and your children. And I'll make sure your kids are always obedient. Everybody's, everybody is educated and everybody is wealthy. They've been doing it since the beginning of our nation. In fact, you could probably chase down some other leaders. Uh, World War One, World War Two. Guys like Stalin, Hitler, Winston Churchill, they all had these great promises. Can I tell you this? Compared to the promise of peace given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, nobody's got anything better to say. Jesus came to be victorious and he did it by offering himself on the cross. Millions of believers will join one day with the heavenly host. And when we ride back on white horses, here's the good news. The good news of Christmas. You do not have to wait until the second coming of Jesus to have peace in your life. Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the word here in Luke chapter 2, it's a Greek word that in Hebrew would be the word shalom. And this is what peace is. It is a permanent position of wholeness, completeness, soundness, security, and health in every area of life provided only through God Almighty. Is that slide back there somewhere? I don't know. I thought I had it up there. Permanent position. How many believe you need a permanent position? Anybody believe that? A permanent position of wholeness, completeness, soundness, security, and health in every area of your life provided through God Almighty. Some of you are saying, that's too good to be true. That's like saying, uh, you know, I'm going to make everybody wealthy. Uh, you can be wealthy in ways that you never dreamed of. Now, shalom also is this. It's the absence of war. The absence of battle in your life. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, Paul writes, All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. Ooh, that's powerful. So it suggests really that there are more areas of peace that we can have. We need peace spiritually, 
We need peace emotionally. We need peace relationally. Can we get an amen from somebody? But it all begins with peace with God. Don't lift your hand right now. Anybody ever been in a bad relationship? I heard that. Bad relationship. Now here's what happens when you're in a bad relationship. When you're in a bad relationship, it impacts everything else. Everything. It impacts your work, right? Impacts your finances. Impacts your conversation. Impacts your diet. Right? Somebody say, yeah, that's why I'm eating so much right now. It could be. And that for some reason, it's why you don't. It impacts your health. How many know that through anxiety, uh, you can have physiological things that are going on in your body. So, so being the Lord of your own life can be very painful. Sooner or later, you've got to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus or you will never have wholeness. What I'm saying is, if your relationship with Jesus is broken, it's going to impact every area of your life. Yeah, you know, I just don't, I have a relationship with Jesus, it's kind of like on the side. I'm not saying Jesus is your mistress. I'm saying having a deep personal relationship with Jesus will impact your home, it will impact your workplace, it will even impact the way you drive down the road. Which could I suggest some people really need Jesus have been driving lately. So let me say this to you, just a few things. One, you can have peace with God by accepting Jesus as your peace. Paul writes in Romans 5 and 1, Therefore, having been justified by peace, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says in verse 10, when, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So here's the, here's the deal. Jesus is literally the peace offering. So what are you going to do about your sin? I'm going to stop it. People have been trying to do that all their life. I don't want you to just stop sinning. What I want you to do is have a relationship with the Lord Jesus because some of us are busy in sin because we're trying to fulfill the pain that's in our life the emptiness that's in our life because of our lack of relationship with God Hebrews 7 27 the Bible says Jesus has done it once and for all offer up himself as a sacrifice what do I do about my sin I go to Jesus Christ I accept Jesus Christ I love what the shepherds did so the shepherds hear this message about Jesus that he's born he is uh, the message of goodwill and peace and you know what they did they went to him Look at this. The Bible says in Luke 2, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen this, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Has anybody had some good news lately that you wanted to tell everybody? Anybody? You see, the cool thing about me is I get to tell everybody. I get to stand up here. Good news. I mean, you put it on Facebook sometimes. You also put the bad news on Facebook. Am I right? So here's some good news, okay? Uh, you've been praying for my brother Dan. How many have been praying for Dan? So he's had a miraculous recovery. He's walking. He's talking. He's using his right hand and his left hand. He called me on the phone. In fact, he tried to call me just a minute ago before I came up here to preach. I did not take his call. That's ridiculous. I know, but I'm in church right now. He knows better than that. He pastors the church. Anyway. Uh, 
but uh, it's good news. Does that sound like good news? Sound like good news? Have you ever been in that moment where something bad was going on or turmoil, and you just couldn't hardly talk about it without weeping? Anybody ever been there before? So listen, good news. My life is right with Jesus Christ. Now, the shepherds, a lot of people knew the shepherds, but they did not know him. They did not know them this way. Luke, who writes uh, the Gospel of Luke as an investigative writer, he wrote the Gospel of Luke uh, from a guy named Theophilus. Uh, Luke spoke to all kinds of people. He chased down Mary. He said, Mary, what happened? He, he went to the shepherds and said, well, what happened? Tell me what's going on. The things that he writes, they're very investigative. It's one of the most comprehensive writings about Jesus that you can find. So uh, these shepherds actually experienced Jesus and then they head out back to the shepherd field. But when they get home, they're telling everybody, I've seen Jesus. Their lives have been radically changed. Your life will be radically changed when you truly have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, you can have peace in your emotions by allowing Jesus to heal your heart. Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let me say it this way. Allow the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. And I know you're broken. And I know you're confused. I know you're worried. Give your brokenness and your worries and your fears to God. Has anybody ever done that? We call this, it's a weird phrase, you've probably never heard of this before, it's called prayer. Okay? It's prayer. He's like, you don't have to pray, man. People push prayer way too much. Yeah, you've got some spiritual warfare going on, I can tell. Here's what you do. You take what you're worried about and you give that to the Lord Jesus and you trust Him in every situation in your life. God, I don't necessarily like my brokenness, but here's, how many know we're like glow sticks? The more we're broken, the more we shine. Right? That's how, that's what happens in our life. So what I'm doing is I'm taking this, my mess to the Lord Jesus, I'm telling Him what's going on, and He changes things. So if you, you might say, well, Pastor, that's not true. Guess what? You're sitting with people in this room right now who have been broken before just like you. There are people, how many have ever had that? And you tell somebody a story, you say, well, wow, that's great. It's like, uh, you know, last Sunday morning, I was sharing with you about my brother and his sickness. And at second service, um, another brother came in who I visited in the hospital just a few days earlier because he had had a stroke. And he just walked right in the door with his wife and was worshiping the Lord Jesus. What I'm telling you is there are people sitting in the room who have been, what, been through what you've been through. Look at me, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to get through this. And God's going to use what you're going through for His glory. Somebody praise God. Jesus will heal your broken heart. In fact, He makes the broken healed. He makes the worried confident. He makes the confused illuminated. He makes those that are ashamed forgiven. That's what He does in our life. That's why Jesus came. So no matter how broken, no matter how hurt, how messed up you are, we serve a good and a loving God of peace that wants to get involved in your life and bring healing to you. And can I tell you, until you get right, you're going to struggle getting right with others. So emotionally, you say, what's going on, Pastor? I'm confused. I'm broken. I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm all messed up. There's a typo up there. Can you fix that? Ah, uh, sand. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, listen. Listen. Until you get right, you're going to continue to cause mess in other people's lives. 
It's our emotion. How many know our emotions can get the best of us? Wait a minute if your emotions have ever gotten the best of you, right? So you got to get right personally. you got to stop pointing the finger at everybody else. Why am I yelling and screaming? Because he's always yelling. No, that was your own choice. Allow the peace of Christ to rule inside of you. Don't you can have peace with others as you draw closer to Christ. How many believe Grinch, Grinch needs Jesus? Families, listen. The further you get from God, the further you get from each other. I'm going to say that again because it was too deep. So, The further you get from God, the further you will get from each other. I mean, it's this principle. We tell families all the, all the time this. We tell couples. As each of you, it's the triangle effect. The closer each of you get to God, the closer you get to one another. The further you get from God, the further you get from one another. Ephesians 2, 16, as part of the same body, our anger against each other has disappeared, for both of us have been reconciled to God, and so the feud ended at last at the cross. Some about Jews and Gentiles there. They were against one another, but because of the cross, now they're one family. In Galatians 3, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, now watch, watch how peace builds on peace. I have peace with God. And so I have peace. I have the peace of God. And now I have peace with others. Amen. You see that? Don't try to get this peace with God third or fourth. I start with the peace of God. Right? I start. I get personally peace with God. And then His peace invades my life. And then I have peace with others. It's Christmas. Look at somebody say it's Christmas. Now tell them, tell them this, two words. Calm down. God loves you. Tell them God loves you. Now let's love each other. Okay, keep walking with me. Give you the peace of God. Say this, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Tell them, you're forgiven. By Jesus. See, I knew you hadn't forgiven each other yet, so. Jesus has forgiven you, Tom. Jesus has forgiven you. So you can forgive me. What? You get this? Anybody get this? Let God change your lives. You're free to love God. You're free to love one another. And you're free to listen to one another. You know how this really happens? You know how this peace thing happens? It's called humility. If you want the peace of God, humble yourself before God and each other. James 4 and 6. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Give me a few closing thoughts on peace. Don't, don't let anyone steal your peace. Yes. Don't let anybody steal your peace. God wants you to have peace, but, but you have to be committed to a life of peace rather than being committed to a life of chaos and confusion. Yes. Yeah. So let me just give you some practical ideas. You say, I got this prayer thing, Pastor. Give me something else. Okay, here's a few things. One, stay in faith. Stay in your faith. Two, call a truce with your past. If you're still living in the past, you're going to struggle with your peace. How many have really blown it in your past? Anybody? How many have just, I mean, you like, you like, you majored in messing up. Anybody? So here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, call a truce with that. 
Everybody else forgive, has forgiven you, but you are rehearsing it over and over and over and over again. Forgive those who have wronged you. Praise Jesus. Here's something else that will help you. Turn down the background noise. Some of you need to be still on occasion. Like you come in from a chaotic day and turn on your chaotic TV. Or you lean over and just stare at your phone. Come on. Don't be afraid to turn off the TV, the radio, shut down the internet, turn off the cell phone. Spend some time in silence. Just meditate to, uh, before the Lord and let your thoughts just wander spiritually. Simplify your life. When you're focusing on being the spouse, parent, or employee that does it all. Anybody like me? Anybody just trying to do everything? Sometimes you need to cut out some of your meetings that do not advance your life. You mean preach about that for a minute? In your life, there are some, there are some situations that you find yourself in where you're constantly frustrated, constantly in chaos. I think some of you feel better just because you can shop online now. Got an amen from anybody? But I'm telling you, simplify your life. Although it may be difficult to do if you're a yes person, you will thank yourself in the end if you lighten your load a little bit. Slow down. Stop running constantly from place to place. You don't have time even to explore peace, let alone achieve it. Create a schedule in your life. Hello. Spend time alone with God since you're scheduling things. Set some time also aside for yourself. How many believe that you ought to be good to yourself? Pray more. Engage life. Do things that warm your heart and make you smile. Create some good memories. Give peace to others. One of the easiest ways to receive peace in your life is to give it away. Find somebody. Help somebody. Feed somebody. Pick up somebody's check. Love somebody. Give a gift to somebody that couldn't afford it themselves. Inner peace is attainable in so many ways. Let me just take a moment and talk to some of my depressed people. Grinchy would be a step up for some of you. Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus loves you right now. I was uh, just found out yesterday that a dear friend of mine that I've known for years and years has been struggling with depression. I had no idea. I never called out and just heard about it. Different places, living state anymore. Can't wait to reach out to him. And I'm thinking about us. Let me talk to you, my depression for a moment. Let me talk to you. I'm just going to tell you this. If you're struggling during the season with massive anxiety or depression, here's a reality that I think is pretty powerful. You remember when Jesus was baptized, and while he was being baptized, there was a voice from heaven, and it was the Father. Anybody remember what he said? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Anybody remember that? Now, what's interesting about it, and I look back at my pictures, Diane and I were baptized uh, 11 years ago in the Jordan River, very near the place where Jesus was baptized. It was a glorious moment. We loved it so much. We'd already been baptized. But here's what was interesting about it. The Jordan River flows from a high place 
to the very lowest place. And where Jesus was baptized at that point was at one of the lowest places, not far from where the Jordan River falls into the Dead Sea. Now, here's what else is interesting about Luke 3, and that is, is that Jesus, at this point in his life, had not performed any miracles yet. He hadn't been, you know, after he was baptized, then he begins to perform miracles, right? I mean, this is a powerful thing when you think about it. So what had Jesus done so far? Not much. And he was in this low place. But then there's another place that's in Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 17, Jesus and a few of his disciples go to a high place. It's Mount Hermon. And when they get to Mount Hermon, which is the highest place, in all of Judea, it's the highest place. And while he's there, he has a visitation from heaven. He's standing there. Now Jesus has finished up his ministry. He's standing, we call this the Mount of Transfiguration. He has fulfilled his ministry. He's ready to go to the cross. He's ready to die. And they're standing there. And Peter says, hey, let's start building some temples. <laughs> That's not what this was about. We're just seeing all of who Jesus is. He begins to glow in the same voice from heaven. The Bible says in Matthew 17, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright light, light over a cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased, well pleased. Hear him. Twice it happened. Let me tell you what happened. It happened at his highest place and at his lowest place. So listen, listen. Listen to me. Those of you who struggle, and sometimes you feel like God is so far away from you, I want you to know that God is with you in your Dead Sea moments and in your highest mountain moments. I want you to know that He loves you in your saddest times, and He also loves you after you have completed some amazing things. It doesn't matter where you are. Here's what, here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. He says, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And in Isaiah chapter 26 and 3, the scripture reads this way. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts you. Those of you who have had such struggle, such pain, such hurt, Listen to your pastor today. Peace is possible. Look at me. Peace is possible. Say it. Peace is possible. Sing with me. Let's give praise to the Lord for this word today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's say it. Say it out loud with me. Would you do that? Glory to God. Say it. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his... Say it again. Glory to God in the highest. Peace to men on whom his... Uh, come on, say it. Who are my veterans? Are you still in the room? Come on, one more time. Who up? Come on, ready? One, two, three. Glory to God in the highest. Still, still haven't got it. Still haven't got it. One, two, three. Glory to God. It's a battle, right? Sometimes you have to fight for it. Wait at me if you know what I'm telling you. But you don't have to fight by yourself. 
because Jesus has already fought the battle. Internally, you may be struggling, but the Lord would like to heal your heart on this Christmas. I mean, really, of all the things you wanted, I mean, if you really got honest, somebody walked up to you and said, what do you want for Christmas? A lot of you would say, in fact, if you would say this, would you just make yourself known by waving at me? What I really would like would be peace. I really like just peace. It's peace. You want to come and stand with me now? Now that you wave your hand, I set you up. You want to come and stand with me now? Come on. Who wants peace? Come on. I'm going to be Santa for a minute. Toss that box. Watch everybody start coming now. I have candy canes. See? See? Come on, children. Where are you? See, but seriously, I'm not going because that makes me look bad. No, come on. kind of cool. Sort of like this. Here's what happens, okay? Watch this. Your kid, your grandbaby, jumps on the lap of Santa and what does Santa say? What do you want for Christmas? And they say something that costs a lot more money than you can afford. I don't know. What was the big gift this year? I don't know. I don't know. Something that costs a lot more money than you could afford. And Santa says, okay, I'll see what you do. And then he gives him a candy cane. Right? He gives him a candy cane. He gives him a candy cane. Here you are. There's a candy cane for you. They're just little ones so you can have them. All right. He gives him a candy cane. All right. There's a candy cane. Here we go. Look at these. I got one for you. Don't go away. Right. Gives them candy canes. Oops. You don't want those. There we go, sis. There you go. Did I miss anybody? Is that what you missed? Did you want anybody? Okay. So, he gives them a candy cane. And really, I'm wondering, like... Alright, so I asked for, you know, an iPad. You gave me a candy cane. Really, it's, it's, it's different than that. It's, you can look at it this way. It's a deposit guaranteeing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Earnest money? We're my finance people in the house. You know what I'm saying? It's a down payment. You haven't got everything else, but I want you to know that I'm good, so I'm going to give you this. And really, a candy cane is really a great representation. Am I right? Because a candy cane was an illustration historically of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a shepherd's staff. That's, that's what it is. It's a shepherd's staff. And it's red and it's white, talking about the purity of what we can have in our lives through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so I want you to know that Jesus already put a deposit down on the peace that you need in your life. How many know Jesus is good for what he promises? Anybody know that? He is good for what he promises. So what do you want? Ask tell me again. What do you want? Say it. I want peace. Okay, so would you bow your heads and come close to me if you would. Just come close to me. And I'd like some of the older team just to come behind us if you would. Some of my prayer workers come behind me. Come behind me. Close your eyes for a moment. In fact, all around the room, this would be a good time for all of us to pray. Just all around the room. Close your eyes for a just close your eyes. And I want you to get honest with the Lord Jesus. Just get honest with Him. Lord, 
This is where the brokenness is right now. This is what's going on. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to take you to those places that are the most confrontational, the most painful. Go to those particular places right now. And I want you to welcome Holy Spirit as He comes into those places. Say, Lord, I, I welcome you into this area of brokenness. I welcome you into this area of conflict. I welcome you into my marriage. I, I welcome you into this issue that's going on in my workplace. I welcome you in to the anxiety that I deal with every day. I welcome you into that place. And I know that you at the cross already made a deposit guaranteeing that I do not have to live without peace. I'm the Holy Spirit. I give you this area of my life. I give you this area of my life. I give you that area and I ask you to give me peace. Now listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you. And I, I'm not, you know, you, I don't know what you're sensing in your own life. But after sharing this word with you, I want to tell you this. As chaotic as it has been, you're going to have peace to a greater level than you have ever had chaos. I accept your peace, Lord Jesus. I accept it and I trust you. Prayer workers, just pray with me. Just go ahead and take, your, take a moment, if you would, spend some time with them. Thank you, Father. Everybody, would you just take the hands of somebody nearby you? Would you pray? Would you pray for them? Go ahead. You lay your hand on their shoulder and say, Lord Jesus, grant peace to all of my friends. Grant your peace. Peace that only you know. Grant it now. In the name of Jesus. Grant it now. Sure peace. I pray that you would give them emotional peace. Come, Lord. Change. Change our hearts. Let us know that you're here. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father. Take a moment and pray. Now let's give the Lord thanksgiving. Can we do that? Let's give thanks around and give thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just take a moment and pray here in the altar, but I want you to know how much I love you all. And I, I taught you this last Sunday, that the Word of God will chase you down. And a Hebraic understanding of the Word is this, that when you are blessed, that that Word chases you out the door, chases you into your life. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. We'll have a Christmas Eve gathering right here in this auditorium at 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. May the Lord bless you. That is my prayer. You are dismissed from the Jesus.